You're listening to a podcast by Abide Church and Pastor Dan DeBell in Tulsa, Oklahoma. We pray this podcast helps you live, love, and look more like Jesus this week. Enjoy the message. Hey, before we get into the message today, I want to share a really cool testimony that was sent in to me just a few weeks ago. You know, we've been in this teaching series and it's called Increase. And we're talking about how to see increase in different areas of our lives. And we're basically basically saying this, if we want to see increase in our lives, we must increase Jesus and decrease ourselves, meaning honor his word and his will and not our own. Humble ourselves and let him go to work. A few weeks ago, though, I talked about how to see increase in our finances. And I talked about if we want to see increase in our finances, we need to obey God's word and look at how we can put God first in our finances. And one of the best ways to do that biblically in the Old Testament and the New Testament is by giving our tithe, which is simply returning 10% of all of our income to the local church, to the bride of Christ. And in doing so, God says he will redeem or he will bless the remaining 90% that stays in our hand. And I got this testimony. I want to share it with you. And it says this. It says, hey, Pastor Dan, just wanted to share something. This, this month has been pretty tight financially and this past week, especially yesterday, we were pretty stressed about how we were even going to get groceries for the week. And we sent our tithe knowing if we did the math, we wouldn't have enough for groceries and gas, etc., for the week. But we knew that the Lord has always provided no matter what. Well, long story short, about five minutes after sending the tithe, we had money come in literally on the way to get groceries. And then again, randomly today. Plus, I was left a nice tip from a customer Friday, and I was offered to work overtime yesterday, which I haven't been offered in a while. So it just made us really in awe of how when you give, even if it doesn't add up financially, God always, always finds a way to show up, and He always has. Man, I love that testimony so much because it reminds us of God's goodness. You know, my wife, Leslie, and I, we have been in this situation many, many times where if you could look at our budget, it would not make sense for us to give away 10% uh, of our income because everything was so tight. But we always knew if we honor God's word, if we increase God and decrease ourselves, God always shows up. He is faithful to his word. And so I just want to encourage you with that this morning. Hey, um, Everything we're talking about, as I always say, go to the scriptures, look up the the scriptures I'm giving you today each week, find it in God's word, search it and make sure and read it in context, find it in your Bible. And I promise you, as you choose to increase Jesus, increase his word, you will find increase in your life as well. And today we're going to talk about a different topic. Today we're going to be talking about how do we see increase in our work? How do we see increase in work, increase in work. And again, this whole series is based off of John 3.30. And this is the New King James Version, but this is John the Baptist. And he's saying this, he must increase. Jesus must increase, but I must decrease. And here's the principle behind that is simply this. In every area of our lives, if we will increase Jesus, which another way of saying it is if we will increase the Word of God, Jesus is the Word of God. If we will increase Jesus, the Word of God, and we will decrease our own opinions, our own thoughts, and our own will, God can work at a greater level in our lives. And so we've talked about a lot of things so far, marriage, finances, health. And all we're doing is we're saying, what does God's word say about this area? How can we increase that 
and decrease our own thoughts and opinions and our own want tos and all that good stuff because we know God has better and wants better for us than we even want for ourselves. And so today we're going to talk about how do we increase in our work. We serve an active, working God. We do not serve a static God. We don't serve an idle God. God is always working. He's always doing more than you think He is. And here's the thing, because we are created in the image of God, we are designed to be hard workers. We're designed to be hard workers. Honestly, Christians should be the hardest working people in the room. Christians should be the most diligent people. They should be known. We should be known as the most hardworking, the most diligent, the, the people that show up with a great attitude, the ones that go to work and produce much results. Those are the, those are the people we should, that's how we should be known as Christians. And I'll, let me show you this. In Genesis 2.15, it says this, the Lord God took the man, this is Adam, he took Adam and he put him in the Garden of Eden to work it. It and keep it. Think about that for a second. Think about that. From the beginning of time, even before sin entered the world, God's design was for mankind to have a job, to work hard, and to be successful at it, even before sin ever entered the world. This makes me think, honestly, that when we get to heaven, we're going to have jobs, we're going to have responsibilities. Why? Because God, again, God is active. He is working. He's always doing something. He's doing more than we think He is. And here's the thing, we're creating His image. We see this when we created Adam. What did He do? He said, hey, I've created you. It's not just a time to lounge around, prop your feet up and do nothing. No, hey, I got a job for you to do. And guess what? I'm going to create you in such a way that you can be successful at it. Um, here's the thing. Work is not a, a four-letter cuss word, right? A lot of people, maybe in our modern culture, we like to think that it is. A lot of people like to think that it is. Work is a good thing. Our modern culture has created um, an entitlement culture where we don't have to work for anything. We shouldn't have to work for anything. It should just be handed to us, given to us. But really, that idea, that entitlement idea is actually anti-Christ. It is against God's Word, and we'll get into that here in just a little bit. But we have a majority of people who think they deserve to make more money, to, to get a leadership position, or to, to have a better title without having to work for it, without having to work for it. Let me tell you, that's a lie from the enemy, and it's not in alignment with God's Word. Like I said, it's anti-Christ to think that I can do nothing and expect great results, that I can be lazy and expect God to provide for my needs, that I can uh, be idle doing nothing or be just be a busybody not actually producing anything and expect God to bless what I put my hand to. It's anti-God's Word, and we'll show you some scripture here in just a little bit. But God has created us to work to work. And in doing so, here's what's great. He has set us up for success when we do it in agreement with God's word. He's created us to work, not to um, keep us under his thumb, not to keep us at a certain level, not to make it, uh, this life difficult and hard and strenuous. No, that's not what he's done. He's created us with the ability to work. And in doing so, hear me, he has done it so he can set us up for success when we do it in, a, in agreement with God's word. That's why he, when he created Adam, he said, I got a job for you to do. I'm going to put you to work, not so that you will fail, but so that you can find joy in your work and you can produce healthy results. That's what God wants for you. And that's what God wants for me. So if I want to see increase in my job, in my career, in my work, I need to increase God's word, right? That's what we've been saying this entire series. So what does the Bible say about work? 
That's a great question. I'm glad that you asked. I'm glad that you tuned in today because I got three points for you. And we're going to look at what God's Word says about work. There's a lot more scripture that I could give you, but I'm going to give you a good handful today that you can look up, that you can stand on. You can see the truth of what God has for you. But point number one is this. If you're taking notes, hopefully you are. Write this down. It's this. Work unto the Lord. Point number one is this. Work unto the Lord. Colossians 3 verse 23 says this. Whatever you do, Work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. What does he say? In everything you're doing, in all the work that you do, work hard, not just to impress a human, work hard as if you are working directly for the Lord. And, and here's why inevitably, I think all of us can relate to this, it is inevitable that you will work for a boss that you do not like, agree with, or respect. It's inevitable, right? Amen. Somebody's, somebody's amen, amen and at the other side of this thing, right? Like maybe you're working for that person right now. Maybe you don't like them. Maybe you don't agree with what they do. You don't agree with their leadership style. Maybe you don't respect them. It's difficult to respect them. And it's inevitable. You're going to have that. You will have coworkers that you cannot stand, Right, man, this person, they just, they're, they're not doing their job. I'm having to pick up all the slack. They're just difficult to work with. Man, I remember there for a little while, several years back when I was first getting into to ministry at this level, I, I was bivocational and I was working at Chick-fil-A. And man, I was working at Chick-fil-A and I was surrounded by people, even though it's the Lord's Chicken and, you know, Christian company and everything, man, there was a lot of people that I worked with that I honestly didn't get along with. I didn't, I didn't uh, you know, like working with when I saw that we were scheduled together. I thought, oh boy, here we go. And there, there were people that I had to deal with, but you have to learn not to get your focus on who you're working with or who you're working for as a human. We've got to learn to get our eyes fixed back on Jesus and work as if everything I'm doing is unto the Lord. But here's what happens. Many people that don't like their boss, they just make a decision. Well, I'm not going to work hard because maybe they secretly hope or they just don't care if they get fired, right? Like, I don't like this job that much anyway. Um, I don't get paid that much. I could be doing something else. Man, if they let me go, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And we use it as a pass to just ease by, to not work hard, to not put any effort in, to not just, to not do our best. We just think, ah, what's the, it wouldn't be that, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world if they fired me. Uh, many people, um, if they have a boss that they don't respect, they blame their lack of work or their lack of passion on their boss. Well, if they were a better leader, I would work harder. If they were, you know, a better leader themselves, I, I, I would show up on time. They don't show up on time. Why should I show up on time? If they were, uh, you know, if they communicated better, then I would put in a little more effort. And here's what we're doing. Many times we use that as a pass to say, well, it's their fault. I'm not working hard. And so if they would be better, then I would be better. And as leaders, do we need to set the example? Yes, we do. If you're in a management position, if you're an owner of a company, you need to be setting the example saying, this is the standard. This is how we work. We do things with excellence. We show up on time. We stay late if we need to. We do things right. We clean up after ourselves. We do things with excellence. Absolutely. You need to be setting the example as a leader, but I'm specifically talking about not pawning off our lack of effort, our lack of hard work, our lack of, dif uh, 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 lack of diligence on somebody else. Many times people do that and then they wonder why God isn't opening a door for them to move on to a new job or to get a promotion. 
Well, man, I've been here for 10 years. I've been doing the same job for 10 years. And, uh, and God hasn't opened a door for me to move, to, to move on, to get promoted, to get to, to whatever. And uh, sometimes we need to take a step back. We need to ask ourselves, why have I been in the same spot for this long? Is there something I need to fix? Am I having a good attitude? Am I showing up on time? Am I asking my boss, how can I get better? Hey, be honest with me. I can, I can put on my big boy pants and you can tell me, critique me a little bit. What can I do to get better to set myself up for success? Many times we, if we're not careful, we'll pawn off, well, I would be a harder worker if they, my boss or my coworkers were better. And we wonder why God isn't opening the door for us. But let me remind you of this. God will not honor your bad attitude, your poor work ethic, or the dishonor that you give your boss. Let me say that again. God will not honor your bad attitude, your poor work ethic, or the dishonor that you are giving your boss. And so here's the thing. If, I'm gonna, if God's going to honor my hard work, honor my diligence, and, and, and bring increase in my career, in my job, I've got to make sure that I'm aligning my work ethic with the Word of God. There's a daily fight for your attitude and your work ethic. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh, I think you probably do because what we have that saying, well, somebody woke up on the wrong side of the bed this morning, right? Well, what is that coming from? There's a daily fight in the spiritual realm and in the physical realm, but also the spiritual realm for your attitude and your work ethic. Here's why. The devil knows if he can steal your joy and make you lazy, it'll hinder God from working in your life. Let me say that again. The devil knows that if he can steal your joy, if he can affect your attitude, and if he can make you lazy, idle, not caring about your work, not being diligent, it will hinder God from working in your life. And let me show you in Scripture here. Proverbs 16.3 says this, Commit your work to the Lord, then it will succeed. Commit your work to the Lord, then it will succeed. So what is he saying? You want to have success? Do you want to see promotion? Do you want to see a pay raise? Right? What does he say? Commit it all to the Lord. Work as if everything I'm doing is unto the Lord. If I'm a housekeeper and I'm scrubbing toilets, I'm going to scrub these toilets. Even if, if it's for a secular company, I'm going to scrub these toilets as if they were, were God's toilets. Right? I'm going to work hard so that in everything I do, I'm committing it to the Lord. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go on the construction site. I'm going to mow this yard. I'm going to run this meeting. Uh, I'm going to run this crew as if I am working unto the Lord, as if my boss, my direct report is God himself. He says, if you want success, commit everything you do to the Lord. Work hard unto God. Have a good attitude for God. Be nice to the, the upset and the grumpy and the mean customer for God, not for them. You can love them and everything, but you need to be nice to them. Treat them well for God, not for you and not for others. Work unto the Lord. He says, if you'll do that, then your work will succeed. First Corinthians 15, 58 says, so my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. For you know that nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. Man, I love that so much. A few things here. So my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. If you've worked in any type of customer, um, customer interaction job, right? Where you got you have face to face with the customer, you know how difficult it can be to be immovable, right? You're serving somebody, you're treating the customer well, and somebody comes in with a bad attitude. Some customer <laughs> woke up on the wrong side of the bed. They have a bad attitude. And what's the natural response? 
If you're going to treat me that way, I'm going to treat you the same way back, right? It's the easy thing to do. That's how you want to treat me. You want to be short with me? I'll be short with you as well. God's word says, be strong and immovable. How do I do that? Always work enthusiastically for the Lord. Enthusiastically is what? In a way that shows intense and eager enjoyment. That's what enthusiastically means. In a way that shows intense and eager enjoyment. I've got to choose that even if the job I'm doing really stinks, I'm going to make the best out of it. I'm going to work unto the Lord. I'm going to find my joy in Him. I'm going to work enthusiastically for Him, and then He will bless it. You know, like I said, I worked for Chick-fil-A um, several years ago, and uh, I started out in the very back, working in the kitchen. I worked my way up, and eventually I was a director who oversaw managers, who oversaw the teams. But I started out in the very back, uh, breading chicken, working, working in the kitchen, breading chicken. And I remember being back there, and I remember thinking, looking around, thinking, there are people doing the same job who are 10 years younger than me. And I remember thinking to myself, I could, I mean, I could be discouraged. I could have a really bad attitude because I'm not doing something or I think I'm more qualified than this position right here. And I was more qualified than what I was doing. I could have a bad attitude. I could be grumpy about it. But this was an open door that God gave me to be in there for a season. And so I said, you know what? Even though I'm breading chicken, I'm going to have a good attitude. I would be back there working enthusiastically under the Lord. I would be back there and I would be worshiping God. I'd be back there and I'd be praying in the spirit, not out loud, not weird for people to hear me or watch me, but just quietly to myself. I'm back there. It's the Lord's chicken anyway. I'm just putting a little extra, extra blessing on there by praying in the spirit, praying in my heavenly language, just quietly to myself. But what would it do? I'm doing a job that I honestly don't like, but when I'm praying in the spirit, it's building my spirit and it's, and it's turning and it's producing the fruit of the spirit in me, which is what is joy, love, peace. It's different things that are coming up in me, self-control. And as I'm doing that, I'm just strengthening myself in the Lord all while I'm breading chicken there. You know, when I was in my uh, teenage years, I worked with a landscaping crew and we weeded it and, and, and we were mowing yards and different things like that. A couple of places that we had to mow was right next to a massive parking lots, asphalt parking lots. And on those 100 degree days, the, the asphalt was 110, 120 degrees. So man, you're weed eating, you're edging, you're mowing and all that heat is coming right off the parking lot and it is hot and it could be easy to have a bad attitude because man, I honestly don't want to be doing this right now. It could be easy to be grumpy, to be upset, to complain and to bring down the crew with me. Why are we doing this, man? This stinks. Let's just, you know, I, like there's no reason for us to put in some hard work, but no, we decided as a team that we're going to have a good attitude. We, we would be creative. We created games because we dealt with a lot of equipment and mowers and weed eaters. We came up with like our own sign language. We all had our, our own, our own hand, uh, hand signals for our names and different things like that. We shows, you know what? We could have a bad attitude, but we're going to have to do the work either way. So if we're going to have to do the hard work either way, let's have a good attitude about it. Let's crush it. Let's do it quickly. And then let's go home and let's get out of here. We create games and competitions. What were we doing? Not anything profound, right? Those things are very simple. All we were doing is we were choosing to work enthusiastically for the Lord. And his word says that when we do that, we get our eyes off of the boss that we don't like or the coworkers that drive us a little bit insane that annoy us. And we say, you know what? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get rid of all the noise and I'm going to focus on Jesus. And I'm going to say, Jesus, I'm doing this project for you. I'm doing this job 
for you today. I commit everything I put my hand to at work to you, Jesus. And I, as I do, Lord, I thank you that you'll, that you'll bless it, that you'll bring increase, that you'll uh, open a door for pay raises, open a door for, for uh, another job or something that I'm longing to do eventually. Lord, I thank you that you are going to move in my work. Um, how can you work enthusiastically when you hate the things that you're doing, right? You work under the Lord. You dedicate it to Him. You get your eyes off the people. And when you do that, your joy can be from the Lord. And the joy of the Lord is your strength. Then God says He will bring success. He will open doors and you will see increase in your work. So work under the Lord. Point number two is this. Work with diligence. Work with diligence. Diligence is careful and persistent work. Work unto the Lord, but work with diligence. Look at 2 Thessalonians 3, verse 10. It says, For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Ooh, that's good. That's good for 2023. Come on, somebody. If someone's not willing to go to work, put in the work, doesn't mean it's always got to be physical, manual labor. But there's a plenty of jobs. There's a multitude of jobs that we can do depending on uh, your age, your ability, different things like that, your skill set. But if anyone's not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Meaning this, if you ever worked with somebody who was there, but they were more so busy running their mouth than they were producing. <laughs> this is what he's talking about. Man, their mouth is working, but they ain't working. You know what I'm saying? This is what he's saying. He said, we hear, we're hearing uh, reports that this is what's happening with many people among you. He says, now such persons we command and we encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. Do their work quietly, earn their own living. Does that mean when you go to work, you can't say anything? No, you can have, it's good to have fun at work. It's good to uh, make difficult work joyful, enthusiastically is what scripture says, right? But um, there comes a time where you can't just run your mouth all day and get out and, and you know, get out of work and, and do all those types of things where you, you, God can't bless you and promote you if all you're doing is wasting time being a busybody, but not actually producing fruit and getting work done. Diligence, hear me in this, diligence will open doors for you in the natural realm and in the spiritual realm. Diligence will open doors for you in the natural and in the spiritual. When I was at Chick-fil-A, I saw a promotion. I got started in the back in the, in the toughest job, which was breading chicken, trying to keep up with the, uh, the busyness. And I got started back there, but I, I eventually got promoted and I skipped being a manager and I went right to being a director. So I oversaw the managers who oversaw the teams. And there was one person in particular, one young guy who um, was kind of upset that I got that role that he was shooting for. And he pulled me aside one day and he said, why do you think that is? Why, why do you like, what can I do better? He was trying to learn. And I told him, I was pretty transparent. I said, look, you show up, but you run your mouth and you joke around and you are always talking to someone, distracting people from their work, but you're not actually working yourself. You're not producing fruit yourself. I said, if you would not talk as much, doesn't mean you can't have fun, but if you would not talk as much and you would actually learn to maybe talk and work at the same time, I said, you're going to see increase and you're going to see blessing. But when I saw that, when I was working at that company, Chick-fil-A, I saw increase, I saw promotion, I saw pay raises. I began to ask myself and think, man, Lord, Lord, you're really opening doors for me here. And God quickly reminded me that it wasn't just that his blessing, uh, that he was saying, hey, this is a new opportunity for you. It wasn't necessarily that. It was just simply that I was doing the biblical principles of working with diligence. Because diligence 
is a rare thing in today's workforce. If you will just show up and be diligent in your work, you will see blessing from men and from God, from, from mankind and from God is what I'm saying. You will see blessing in the natural and in the supernatural. Um, if you come to work and don't do your basic job description, you can't expect God or humans to bless you. That's pretty obvious, but let me say that again. If you come to work and you don't do your basic job description, you can't expect God or humans to bless you. That's simply how it is. Um, my dad said this, and he taught me and my brothers this growing up. He would say this so many times, and this always stuck with me, and I've shared this before, but he would say this. He said, if you show up early, if you have a good attitude, if you're willing to stay late, you'll be running the place in no time. My dad said that all the time. If you'll show up early, have a good attitude, be willing to stay late, you'll be running the place in, the no, in no time. And here's simply what he's saying. Look, if you'll show up and be diligent, show up five minutes early, don't show up on time, show up five minutes early so you're ready to clock in. You've dropped off your stuff. You've got everything prepped. So when you clock in, it's go time. Don't, not wasting time. You show up early. If you have a good attitude, even when the job stinks and your coworkers are awful, but you have a good attitude and you're willing to stay late to make sure the job done, is done right and finished so you can go home, you're going to see increase. You're going to see promotion. Your boss is going to notice. He or she, they're going to see, man, this person is standing out. Why? Because all of those qualities, being early, having a good, good attitude and being willing to stay late, those qualities of diligence right there are so rare in today's world. Those are basic things. But God's word shows us that when we do things according to his word, they may seem basic. But when you do the simple things, the basic things, God says, I'm going to open up doors of blessing and I'm going to show you increase in your work. Uh, let me show you. Proverbs 13, 4 says this. A sluggard's appetite is never filled, but the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. The desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. Do you have desires in your heart? Do you have something you want to do? Is there a job, a career that you're going for that, man, I want to do that someday. I want to get into that college someday. In fact, just this past week, I was talking with a young lady who was working at the coffee shop. I know her just a little bit from going into the coffee shop and, and uh, I knew that she was working there and then uh, I knew she was trying to get into OU. And so I was talking to her about it and she said, hey, actually, yeah, for the over the past Man, I don't know now, several months, she's been working two jobs. She's working at the coffee shop uh, in the morning, and then in the evening, she goes and works at, at a restaurant. And so she's putting in double work, long days, dude, just, just trying to save money, get set up. And once you know it, God, the desires of the diligent are fully satisfied. God opened doors for her to get into OU. She's going now. She has money set aside where she can go. She can pay for what she needs. She can get set up to do the desires of her heart. But where did it start? By being lazy? No, by the desires of the diligent. By being diligent, were her desires being fully satisfied? So good. Proverbs 10.4, lazy people are soon poor. Hard workers get rich. And do you want to see a pay raise? Work hard. Be diligent. And when you be diligent, not only will you see blessing from God, increase from God, but your boss, humans, will notice as well. Diligent work brings increase from human bosses and from our Heavenly Father. Point number three is this, and this is a really big one right here. Work like an owner. Work like an owner. <clears throat> this is a, a unique um, thing to learn how to do. But if you can master learning to think and to work like an owner, God's word shows you, I'll show you here in just a second. You will go a lot farther in the workforce. Um, if you train yourself to think like an owner and work like an owner, it's only a matter of time before you become 
an owner. Doesn't mean you own your own company necessarily, but you become uh, an owner of a team. Like you're over a team. You work in management. You grow and you get promoted to a certain level or a different door opens up. If you train yourself to think like an owner and work like an owner, it's only a matter of time before you become an owner yourself. How do I think like an owner? These are simple things you can do. Ask yourself, if this was my company, if this was my restaurant, if this was my ministry, if this was my building, how would I treat it? How would I clean it? How would I improve it? How would I treat its customers? How would I represent it when I'm out in public? Have you ever seen somebody who's out in public who's off the clock, but they're still wearing their, you know, their work gear, has the logo or whatever on it, and you see them acting a certain way, and you think, oh, that doesn't reflect well on their company that they're working for, right? So that's why, hey, if you're wearing your Abide Church uh, t-shirts out there, be sure to, be sure to behave, all right? <laughs> um, how would I represent it to the, the, to the public around me? If this was mine, how would I clean it? How would I improve it? And here's the thing. Train yourself to think like an owner and then begin to work like an owner in the small things. It doesn't mean that you just go and you go rogue and do whatever you want, right? Well, I would run it this way, so I'm going to change all these systems. No, but think about it in the little things, right? Here's a few examples. I know that my boss hates it when our work area is a mess at the end of the day. So what am I going to do? If I know my boss hates it, I know my boss likes to keep things clean. So that way when we show up tomorrow, we can get right to work then here's what we're gonna do. If it means staying five or 10 minutes late, we're gonna make sure our place is cleaned up, organized, doesn't mean it has to be mopped and everything, but straightened up, ready to go for tomorrow. We were prepped and ready. Why? I know my boss thinks that way. I'm gonna think like them so that I can get ahead. Uh, I know my boss hates seeing handprints or fingerprints on the glass doors of the front of our business. Right, this is one thing we looked at always when it comes to our church building, when people are coming in. Are there smudges on the windows? A lot of people don't notice that, but as an owner, as someone who's in charge of that place, of that experience, of a first impression for somebody, we notice that. And so we want to take care of that. Hey, when I have downtime, I'm going to grab some cleaner. I'm going to go wipe off the window. So there's a great first impression into the business. If this was my business, my restaurant, my company, that's what I would want people to experience. Excellence from the front door in. See, you don't have to make, it doesn't have to be thinking and working like an owner with something big. I want to change the whole system. Now you can bring ideas to the, uh, to the table, but start in the little things. If you'll start in the little things, God can open the door to bigger things. In fact, Jesus shares a story about how to work like an owner in Matthew 25. In this story, Jesus is, is telling a story about a master who is going away for a time, but he's entrusting three men to work while he's gone. And these three men, what he does is he gives them um, a, a, a portion of money, which is called a talent. So you're going to see that in the story in just a second. He gives them talents, a certain amount each. And then he's, he's leaving. He's going to come back and he's going to check on them to see what they have done while he's been gone. Now, this is an example, this is a parable of, and a parallel of what Jesus is, is doing and has done for us. Jesus, it represents the master in this story. Jesus is gone to heaven after his resurrection. That's where he's right now. He's, he's gone away for a season, but he's entrusted believers with his kingdom while he's away. You, me, the disciples. He said, I'm giving you access to the kingdom to do what I would do if I was still here. I'm going to go away. I'm giving you something valuable. It's the kingdom of God. Go and multiply it. That's what God's saying. Here's what we have to remember. Someday, every believer will have to give an account for what they did with their life, their gifts, their talents, their finances, 
the list goes on and on. You will have to get, if you're a believer, you're going to have to give an account for what you have done with the life you've been given. When God gives you an opportunity, gives you that job, gives you those finances, gives you, gives you those gifts and those talents, what are you doing with it? Someday you're going to have to look Jesus face to face and you're going to give an account for what you've done with what you've been given. So with that in mind, let's look at it. Matthew 25, starting in verse 19. This is towards the end of the story. He's coming back. Now he's checking on his servants. It says this. Now, after a long time, the master of those servants came and he settled accounts with them. And he who had received the five talents, remember talent is a, is a form of money. It's a lump of money. He came forward bringing five more talents. And he was saying, master, you delivered to me five talents here. I have made five talents more. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You have been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. Verse 22. And he also, who had the two talents, he came forward saying, master, you delivered to me two talents here. I made two more talents. So what? The, the five turn it into 10. The two turn it into four. His master said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful over a little. I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of of your master. Verse 24, he also had received the one talent. He came forward saying, master, I knew you to be a hard man reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. So I was afraid and I went and I hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master answered and he said, you wicked and slothful servant. You knew that I reap where I have not sown and gathered where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers. And at my coming, I should have received what was my own with interest. In verse 28, so take the talent from him, give it to him who has 10 talents. For to everyone who has, more will be given and he will have in abundance. But from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness. In that place, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Now, here's a lot of parallels here till the end times, whenever Jesus comes back in the, in the rapture and we see him face to face, we give an account for what we've done with our life. But I want to look at the principle behind it, right? Think about the principle behind it. How did the five talent and the two talent servants know how to double what they were given? How could a five talent servant turn it into 10? How could the two talent servant turn it into four? How did that happen? It's really simple. They thought to themselves, after the master left, they thought to themselves, well, I've seen the master work. I've asked him questions, so I know how he thinks. I'm simply going to do what the master would do. And what is that? Working like an owner. The master is the owner. The servant is saying, I'm going to work like my master. I'm going to work like an owner. And in doing so, what do they do? They've doubled what they were given. They produced much fruit. When you think like an owner and then you work like an owner, you will see increase. There's no doubt about it. You will see increase. But where does it start? Again, it doesn't always have to be something major that you're changing or something major you're bringing to the table. Honestly, that's usually never where it starts. Jesus said, you were faithful in small things. I will set you over much. What are small things? Here's a great example. You show up on the job site or you show up to your workplace and as you're going and you're walking into the building or you're going onto the construction site or the job site, whatever it might be, as you're showing up, you see a piece of trash out in the parking lot or a piece of trash out there where you parked your vehicle and it's blowing around. And what would an owner do? An owner bends down, sees the piece of trash, picks it up and throws it away on their way in. Why? Because they see a, a first impression opportunity 
for a customer, somebody they're working for. It is simply a way to say, you know what? I'm gonna steward this place, this atmosphere, even though I'm not the owner, I'm gonna treat it like an owner would, and I'm gonna pick up a small piece of trash. Is that something world-changing? No, it's not. But the little disciplines will train our minds to see things differently like an owner would. It'll tra train our work habits to work differently and work like an owner would. And scripture shows us when we work like an owner, not just in the natural things, but in the spiritual as well, we will see the blessing of God poured out on our lives. Work like an owner in the small things and God will snowball them into the big things. Hear me in this though. Jesus makes it clear. An idle worker is a worthless and wicked worker. Let me say that again. An idle worker is a worthless and a wicked worker. What did Jesus show us? He said, well, we've looked at scripture and scripture shows us that we're created in the image of God. We are created to work, not just work, but work diligently to do hard work, to do good work so that we can be successful. Though everything we put our hand to, it will prosper, right? God is an active working God. And so when I choose to be idle, when I choose to be lazy, his word says that we are worthless. That's worthless behavior. And it's also wicked behavior. Why? Because it's anti his character. It's anti Christ to be lazy and to not work diligently to everything I put my hand to. So it's wicked because it's, it's evil, because it's anti God's character and it's worthless. It's not going to get us where God needs us to be. So if you want to see increase in your work, your job, your career, we must increase Jesus, increase his word and his principles in our work. How? What does his word say to do? It's pretty simple. Work unto the Lord, right? No matter who your boss is, who your coworkers are, dedicate your work every day to God and he will prosper it. Work with diligence. Hard work is rare these days. Show up early, have a good attitude, be willing to stay late and God will bring blessing to your work. And number three, work like an owner. Work like an owner. When you're faithful over the small things, picking up trash, cleaning up, keeping things organized, God can entrust you with big things. And here's a verse that will just kind of sum up everything we've talked about today. 1 Corinthians 10, verse 34, it says this, So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Do all of it. Do everything. Whatever you do, do it to the glory of God. So when it comes to work, is my attitude at work bringing glory to Jesus? Is my work ethic bringing glory to Jesus? Is how I talk about my boss behind his or her back bringing glory to Jesus? Is how I treat the customers bringing glory to Jesus? Is how I treat my coworkers bringing glory to Jesus? Is me saying, well, that's not my job, bringing glory to Jesus? Let me remind you, when you work to bring glory to Jesus, you are increasing Jesus. And when you increase Jesus, he will increase you. If you want to see increase in our work, here's all we have to do. Increase Jesus. Bring glory to him. Work unto him. Be diligent. Think and work like an owner. I promise you, God will pour out blessing in your work. He will prosper you. Everything you put your hand to, it will prosper. You will see increase and promotion and open doors like you've never experienced before. Work hard. It pays off. We see it in scripture. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father,
I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. And we become before you right now in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, and right now we just, we exalt your word above any word. We increase your word. Lord, we want more of you, more of your word, more of your principle, more of your will in our life and less of us. Lord, let it be less about us and more about you. And Lord, I just pray that this week, as we choose as a church family to work diligently, to work unto you, to work like owners, Lord, as we work uh, in agreement with your word, which is hard work, diligent work, as we are willing to, to go the extra mile for people, I thank you that your word is true. Your word says that we will see success, we will see increase, and that we will prosper everything we put our hand to. And so, Lord, I thank you for it. I pray this week, as we work hard, as we work diligently, Lord, would you show, show us your faithfulness in your word? Would you show us your faithfulness in our lives? Would you show up, remind us of your goodness? And Lord, I thank you that as we experience your goodness and your increase in our work, we will stop. We will be careful to give you all the glory for it. Not just be, not, not, not us, but Lord, but look what God did in this situation, in my work, in my career, in my job. Lord, we're going to be careful to give you all the glory and the praise for it. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. Thank you for listening to the Abide Church podcast. If you'd like to partner with us financially, or if you're in the Tulsa area and would like to attend our weekly gathering, you can check out AbideChurch.com.